Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hello, everyone. I hope this finds you having a great day. I say that every time, and I hope it's true every time. I hope wherever you are tuning in today, God is just blessing you, and you are settling in maybe with a cup of hot tea or something refreshing. My favorite is soda water with lemon. Maybe you're just sitting down to exhale. Maybe you put the kids down for a rest time. I don't know. Maybe you're going to the grocery store. I get it. Wherever you are, I hope that this serves as some time of encouragement for you. It is time today to do our March M&M, and I'll be right back with that. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay, so like I said, it is March. Can you believe it? And for March, for the M&M, we have Psalm 46. And this has long been one of my favorite psalms. But true confession, I wish you can see. I might take a picture and post it. I have so many notes here. I've got my Bible open. I've got several passages marked that I want to share with you. I've got my notebook with all of the notes that I went over. I've got the printed PDF of the passage itself. 
I even found a poem in my daily devotion that I want to share with you today. So, so much that I want to go over that we're really going to pack our time together today. And hopefully, again, I will serve as a point of inspiration for you to really get in and dig into this psalm. So, I have really loved Psalm 4610 for a really long time. You'll be familiar with that verse when we get to it. But I got to say, I have been in love with Psalm 4610 to the neglect of Psalm 46, 1 through 9. (laughs) So in studying this for our time together today, there is a treasure trove here. And I'm so excited to share it with you today. I hope that you have pen and paper. If you don't, there's a study guide available over at rachelcarmen.com. You can go over and print that out and really, again, dig into this passage and see what the Lord has for you right where you are. That's one of the beauties of the Word of God is He always meets us right where we are with His truth. Truth doesn't change. Truth is not relative. It's the same truth over and over and over. But as we lean into the transformational power available to us through the Holy Spirit, more and more truth is revealed to us as we grow, as we are transformed into the likeness and the image of Christ. And so that's what I found true as I've looked at this passage this time. And I have scribbled an outline of what I want to share with you in two or three different places. I had to exit out because I just kept adding more things to it. So let's get going. This psalm immediately begins with a declaration, and that's so powerful. So there are psalms that we've looked at where David is really wrestling through, and he's starting out with, how long, when, I'm crying out to you, please come answer me. This is not that psalm. This psalm, from the very beginning, states a declaration, and this is how it begins in verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Wow, just right off the bat, the psalmist says, this is the truth. This is what I know to be true. God is our refuge, our safety. He is our strength. Who doesn't need some strength, right? And he is a very present help in times of trouble. Mom, if I'm speaking to moms out there today, you and I need help. I can still remember like it was yesterday and... All of those times, all of those questions, all of those quandaries, all of those moments where I needed help, right? I needed patience. I needed discernment. I needed wisdom. I needed energy. (laughs) And I love that this psalmist right off the bat says, God is a very present help in times of trouble. In those moments when you need help right here, right now, not next week, not in five minutes, right here, right now, this psalm assures you and me that God is present with us. He is our help. He is with us when we're in trouble, when we're frustrated, when we're tired, when we're overwhelmed, when we're feeling lonely. He is with us. That's the declaration of verse 1 of this psalm. And then it continues, and this is where it's just so remarkable to me. We have a therefore in verse 2. So we're only one verse in, and there's a therefore, and it says there. This And this is a resolution statement. Listen to it. Therefore, we will not fear. We're not going to fear. So based on what we know about God in verse 1, based on that declaration, the psalmist says, we're not going to fear based on who we know who God is. 
And I'm just going to tell you today, that's the key. If you find yourself struggling with fear and anxiety and worry, you got to back up the bus, right? And get back to what you believe to be true about God. Because what you believe to be true about God is the most important thing. That's not a unique statement to me. That's A.W. Tozer, and it's true. What you believe about God changes everything. It changes how you approach the day. It changes how you change the sheets. It changes how you respond to your husband and your children. It changes how you clean the toilet. It changes how you meal prep, how you grocery shop. It changes everything. It changes everything. So if you're wrestling with something, here's my first challenge for you today. Back up, acknowledge what you're wrestling with, and dare to consider how that reflects on what you believe to be true about God. In this psalm, this psalmist has said there are three things, and based on these three things, the psalmist says that I know to be true about God. We will not fear. We're not. This is a resolution to choose faith and not fear, to choose to walk faithfully and not lean into fear. You and I have a thousand chances, sometimes inside of a minute, to lean into fear. We live in a chaotic time. We live at a time where there are more questions, it seems often, than answers. We've got to remember that we have the answer in the person of Jesus Christ. We've been given His Word, God's holy Word, to guide and guard our hearts. And we need to make sure that the way we're living faithfully reflects that. We need to determine to resolve not to fear, but to choose faith. Now, in verse Two, the second half of 2 through verse 3, this psalmist lists four things, and this is how he says it, and there are other verses I want to chase with this, because this is just, this is powerful. So I want you to hear this. The first half of verse 2 says, therefore we will not fear, and then four though statements. So listen to it. Though the earth should change. Though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake and it's swelling pride. Do you hear that? This psalmist says we will not fear no matter what's going on. No matter what. Why? Because we know who God is. We know who God is. Now, what strikes me is so powerful about this passage, these two verses here, Psalm 46, 2b through 3, is that there are other passages in Scripture that reflect this same idea. And I want to show those to you just super, super quickly. So we're in Psalms. I've got three in Psalms to show you, and you can just jot these down and go back and study these because this is awesome. So you're going to be familiar with the first one, Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What does the psalmist say? What does David write? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now notice that in that psalm, particularly in Psalm 23, the psalmist is not denying the reality of evil, but he's embracing the presence of God with him in that shadow. Not going to fear evil because you 
are with me. Do you see it? It's undergirding the same thing that this psalmist in 46 is declaring. God is a very present help in times of trouble, in the shadow of the valley, the valley of the shadow of death, right? Then we can skip over into Psalm 91, which is known, maybe some of you are aware of this, as the soldier's psalm. Now, in this psalm, it's more implied, but listen to this declaration in verses 1 through 4. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Here's a contrast. The valley of the shadow of death versus the shadow of the Almighty Continuing in verse 2, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, do you hear it? That is a, a, a reiteration of what we have in Psalm 46, 1, my God in whom I trust. So here in this passage, the declaration is, I trust God based on who he is, for he is the one who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. Do you hear it? It's the same thing echoing through Scripture. This is one of the things I want you to see in our time together, is how all of Scripture undergirds and complements and weaves together this message of the love of God. The love of God. There's no contradiction here. There's only complementing scripture on scripture, precept upon precept. Now we skip over still in Psalms to Psalm 139. And here in Psalm 139, it says, starting in verse 7, I'll let you go back and read the whole Psalm. But it says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Remember, a very present help. If I make my if I send to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will lay hold of me. Are you hearing it? Even there. Though, over and over and over, and we're going to take a break, and we're going to step away from the book of Psalms and find two other places in Scripture with this same theme. I'll be right back. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold.
We're talking now about the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, and he reiterates in this passage in 43 that same idea of the omnipresence of God, that he is always with us. So we're going to pick up in Psalm 43, verse 1 and 2, but now thus saith the Lord. Remember, when we talk about the prophets, that was what the prophets said over and over and over. The prophet was not speaking out of his own head. He He was speaking on behalf of the Lord, the word of the Lord. And so over and over, you'll read about the prophet saying, thus saith the Lord. This is what the Lord says, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. See, again, through the river, through the waters, through the flood, through the fire, God is a very present help with you and with me. Now, if we fast forward to the New Testament, the book of Romans, the great doctrinal backbone or spine of the New Testament written by Paul, we go to a very well-known passage at the end of chapter 8, verses 37 and 38 and through 39, and we read this, but in all of these things, we are overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. People, this is a declaration throughout Scripture that God is a very present help in times of trouble. For you and I need to realize that He is with us. And so I want to give one of these, an example of this that we have from the Gospels. You remember the story of Jesus calming the storm. We get it outlined in three of the four Gospels. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. All three of them recount this. John does not recount this particular story. But we have this story of Jesus in the boat with his disciples. Now, what's glorious about this is Jesus initiates them getting into the boat to cross over to the other side. So they all get in. After ministry, right? Go back and read the context. After ministry, they get into the boat and they're just going to go to the other side. And Jesus gets in and here is a clue into the reality that Jesus was 100% man and 100% God because he gets into the boat and he's tired. He's been ministering all morning. Look, if you're in ministry, mom, you're in ministry as a mom. And as you're in ministry, that exhaustion that you feel at the end of the day, I can remember sitting down sometimes at lunch, sometimes as early as lunchtime, but often at dinner time, I would sit down after a long day of reading and running and chasing around littles and putting on band-aids and wiping noses and changing diapers and nursing babies. And I would sit down at dinner and I was spent. I was done. I was exhausted. Mom, you need to know that Jesus knows that kind of exhaustion. And we know that here in this passage because he gets into the boat and he promptly goes to sleep. He's tired. He's tired. 
And as Jesus is sleeping in this little boat, it says a storm came up. This massive storm comes up. And the the wind is blowing and the waves are crashing over the boat. And guess what the disciples do? The disciples do what you and I would do. The disciples panicked. Because they feel like their life is, they're they're in danger. And Jesus is sleeping. And they wake him up. And it's really remarkable what they say to Jesus. They literally ask him, don't you care? Don't you care? We're about to perish. And it says that Jesus stands up. Peace be still. And the winds stop. And the waves stop. And then he turns to the disciples and say, why were you afraid? Where's your faith? The power of this story is that the disciples were never in danger. Not that there wasn't a storm. There was a storm. But Jesus was with them. You and I so often feel the threat of the storm, and it's a real thing. The challenges that you and I face, it's a real thing. The swirl, the crazy, the challenges, the obstacles, the hard times, it's, it's, the, it's a real thing. But we must remember to practice faith and remember that He is with us. Choose faith and not fear. That's the challenge that we have right here in this passage is that we would choose to remember that He is with us. So continuing on, we get to the second half of the passage, and I admit I am skipping verses 4 through, let's see, 7, right? It's a reiteration. It talks about the city of God and that God is with us, so you can go and look at that on your own. I want to skip over now to three therefores that we have at the second half in verses 8 and then again in 10. 10 is the one we're the most familiar with. But I want to suggest to you that instead of there just being one, there's actually three. So let's look at eight first. It says in verse 8, the therefore is implied, but based on who God is, based on this resolution to not fear, but live faithfully, verse 8, come, behold, the works of the Lord. In those moment, moments when we are so tempted to lean into fear, when the storms threaten, when the waves are crashing, when, if we skip back to verses 2 and 3, when the earth is changing and the mountains are slipping and the water's roaring and the mountains are quaking, when, if we remember back to Isaiah 43, the waters are rising and the flames are coming in, we've got to remember who He is and what He's already done. We must remember what he's already done. We must cling to his faithfulness, his deliverance, and his provision. If you've not done it, I want to encourage you to take some time alone. Maybe, and I know that's really hard time to find moms, maybe while the kids are running around the front yard, maybe while they're taking their quiet time in the afternoon, 
sometime, maybe you stay up late or get up extra early one morning and just recount the goodness of God in your life heretofore. Just recount His faithfulness. Recount, go back and think and remember and ask Him to bring to your mind all of the times that He's been faithful, all of the times He's delivered you, all of the times He's provided for you in amazing ways. And let me let you in on a little secret. Your enemy does not want you to remember any of that because he knows there's power in you remembering that. He knows there's power in you remembering the faithfulness of God. And that's what the psalmist is writing right here. Behold, come, behold the works of the Lord. Remember what he has already done. He says here, who has wrought desolations in the earth? He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. In other words, the psalmist is saying, look, all of these things that threaten you, God's got it. God's got it. We need to dare to go back and recount what he's already done, his faithfulness, his provision, his protection, his deliverance. And then we need to admit all the things that we feel like we're facing, all the chariots, all the bows, all the spears, all the fire rising, all the river water, right? All the earthquaking and the mountains slipping, all the things that we're sensing, right? We need to acknowledge that. And we need to remember he's faithful. And we need to choose faith over fear. So the first, therefore, is come, behold. And my challenge to you is come, take time and remember the works of the Lord, what he's already done, what he's already done. Number two, and here's the verse we're most familiar with from this psalm, and that's Psalm 4610, cease striving. Stop it. Stop it. Stop rushing around. Relax. Be still. Stop fighting. Be calm. Cease striving. Cease striving. You and I are caught up in striving, and we know it most commonly as being busy. And the psalmist says here, stop. Stop rushing around. Stop being busy. Stop living by the world's standard. And the world's standard is busy. They say in the world, the world's wisdom is you got to be rushing around doing a thousand things, never mind whether or not you're doing them good or well or whether or not they're good to be doing. The whole objective is to fill out all of your time past the ends of the margin line. That's what the world says you have to do because that looks successful. That looks productive. That's what it means to keep up with the Joneses. And right here in Psalm 4610, it says, yeah, no, like, don't do that. Cease striving. And therefore, number three is the second half. And know that I am God. And know that I am God. God is saying, stop running around and just know that I'm God. Mom, what this looks like is that you and I marvel at the goodness and the glory of God. And we don't race by it in our minivans so fast that we don't see it. I have daffodils actually blooming in my front yard, and they're so beautiful. And I took some time the other day just to go out and just to look at the daffodils. That's what it looks like to see striving and to know. To go back and recount the come and behold, therefore, to go back and recount 
It's just to know He's God, to rest in the fact that He's God. That's the invitation here. This is the antidote for worry and anxiety that Jesus talks about in the New Testament, right? Don't be anxious about anything. He, he admonishes the crowds, don't be anxious. How do we not be anxious? This, come and behold, cease striving, and know that I am God. Again, if we go back to Psalm 43, let me find that really quickly. In another part of that passage, if we pick up in verse... It's not the right passage. If we pick up in verse 10, it says this, the prophet writes, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. You are God's chosen so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, declares the Lord, there is no God formed and there will be none other after me. I, even I am the Lord. And there is no Savior beside me. It is I who have declared and saved and proclaimed. And there is no strange God among you. So you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Be still, the psalmist says, and know that he is God. The second half of verse 10 continues, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This is the declaration of our God. Now, as we finish up today, I want to share this poem with you that I found and a hymn that I love, two things to round out our time together. The poem I found in my devotion, and I've been saving it to read to you, it goes like this. Dear restless heart, be still. Don't fret and worry so. God has a thousand ways his love and help to show. Just trust and trust and trust until his will you know. Dear restless heart, be still. For peace is God's own smile. His love can every wrong and sorrow reconcile. Just love and love and love and calmly wait a while. Dear restless heart, be brave. Don't moan and sorrow so. He has a meaning kind in chilly winds that blow. Just hope and hope and hope until you braver grow. Dear restless heart, recline upon his breast this hour. His grace is strength and life. His love is bloom and flower. Just rest and rest and rest within his tender power. Dear restless heart, be still. Don't struggle to be free. God's life is in your life. From Him you may not flee. Just pray and pray and pray until you have faith to see. That poem was written by Edith Willis Lynn. And finally, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite hymns of all time, Be Still My Soul. The Lord is on thy side. Wait patiently the cross or grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, thy best, thy heavenly friend. Through thorny ways leads to a joyful end. I leave you with Psalm 46. 
Again, take some time to read it over and over and over this month. Go over to rachelcarmen.com and download the PDF, mark it up, pray over it, and dare to fear not and to lean in to faith. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible Curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. Hello, I'm Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we are the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. What we believe is that addiction is not a surprise to God. That's right. We discuss addiction from a biblical worldview and how true freedom comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolute freedom from addiction. The secular worldview of once an addict, always an addict is just not true. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, subscribe to Life After Addiction at lifeaudio.com.